You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey, Michael. <laughs> hey, well, how are you, Keith? What's good, going good. on, Vodzi? Doing good, man. Uh, I uh, We've been becoming best text friends. Yeah, this is a long time coming, man. We met at a Lakers game and uh, old fancy pants here, and uh, it's been three months in the making. So we yeah. finally connect. I'm happy to be here, brother. Yeah. Uh, did, did you go to the Laker game rooting for the Lakers or the Knicks? Because I went for the Knicks. I went for the, you know, I'm, I'm, I go for the Knicks. Yeah. Uh, when they play the Knicks, any other time I go for the Lakers. But yeah, I mean, I live in LA, but when they're playing the Knicks, I'm, you know, I was born in New York, and uh, yeah, that's just the way it is. Well, here's what happened because I opened up for Jay, and Jay always tell told me when Randall played for the Lakers because Randall's my favorite player. He's like, we're gonna go see Randall next week, and it just never happened. And then he got traded, and then when he went to the Knicks, he's like, we'll do it when he's a Nick. I was like, all yeah. right. He was he's good as a Nick. Yeah, I think he's gonna get uh, traded though. Oh, great way to bring that up. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, Randall's my favorite player, man. Oh, sweet. Yeah, he's good. I like yeah. him. So, yeah. I apologize. My trusty sidekick isn't here yet. Do you, do you ever use a trusty sidekick on inside of you? You know, I have my buddy Ryan, who uh, is my engineer, but also is there. And sometimes I, uh, we have a little banter and uh, I love having him around. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say he's a sidekick, but you have a sidekick. What's his name? Lee? Alan Lee. Yeah. Alan Lee. Alan Lee did not. <laughs> in fact... I was trying to go earlier. You're like, well, my sidekick here, he does, he's, <laughs> he's, not not here. he's not ready till three, like till four. And now it's four and he's not even here. <laughs> I, know. Sidekick. I know. In my defense, I feel you should just hate him and not me. Cause that was his yeah. fault. <laughs> Alan Lee. Jeez. Side dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here. That's all that matters. Yeah, man. Uh, but no, uh, it's good to see you. Uh, you look, you look good. You look healthy. I like your shirt. Thanks, JFK to LAX shirt. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you, you. Here's the thing. Like when I first met you, I had no idea. Like I knew you were in Sorority Boys and Bringing Down the House, but I didn't know you were in Smallville because you weren't bald. Ah, uh, yeah. I was bald. You know what I mean? Seven years, Keith. Seven years. <laughs> you know, it was. Uh, it was a special time, but uh, yeah, I was bald in all those. In fact, in bringing down the house you speak of, uh, I was bald in that, but I wore a bad wig in that. So if you watch the movie, you're like, why is this hair so weird? Because it's a wig. That's why. <laughs> you never look good in a wig. I mean, some yeah. people do, but they weren't expensive wigs. You got to really put the money. Alan Lee, where the hell have you been? Faster than a speeding bullet. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> faster than a speeding bullet. But not as powerful as a limp dick at a gay party. Oh my God. Well, that's better than nothing. Alan Lee, Alan Lee comes in strong. He comes in strong. <laughs> it was so oh, great because we changed you, Alan, from the sidekick to the my, side uh, dick. Lantern t shirt <laughs> and all that, all perfect, you know. But hey, I love superheroes, but you know, there's just no, no Captain Israel and no Captain Africa yet. I'm not a Captain superhero. America. I'm a super villain, Alan. Not yeah. Luther, Luther, Lex, Lex. Yeah, that's it. 
There you go. That's right. Why are you so late today, Alan? Yeah, you know, tell us, Alan. Michael Michael wanted to start at 3.30. I have a day job because I have a buffet addiction, and uh, I got to feed it. Get it feed, buffet addiction. What the <laughs> <laughs> hey glad to meet you sir glad to meet you yeah we were that, just talking how me and michael know each other we know each other from a lakers game oh that's correct we met at a lakers game we sat yeah. next to each other and uh and it was a good time keith yeah. was a nice guy and uh we hit it off and here i am three months later doing this podcast Beautiful. and i got rejected by Haley. oh yeah i thought you were gonna you know is that, is that what her name was <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, she was cute. The girl sitting next to you. She reject. Well, how did she reject you? Okay, because so uh, uh, we switched Instagrams, right? And then we said okay, goodbye. And then like I, I'm so insecure. I have this app on my phone called Unfollowed. So like when people unfollow you on Twitter or Instagram, it like gives you a notification, like hey, look who unfollowed you, and like it makes me sad. I don't know. So Why do you do that? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Why do you do that to yourself? And here's scary. What's scary is I unfollow people sometimes because I'm tired of seeing their happy shit. <laughs> I'm like going, oh no, now they can tell that I unfollow them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'm screwed. Well, it's just me because I'm I'm a I'm insecure. You know what I mean? Like I'm an insecure guy. And uh, so I'm walking to get my car, and then I get an notification saying, "Oh, Haley unfollowed you." I was like, "Great." <laughs> Oh, God. she unfollowed you? <laughs> well, I mean, she just followed you. I know. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> totally, totally I mean, you know, Keith was nice. They were just chatting the whole game. And at the end, she follows him. Oh, I'll follow you on Instagram. Yeah, I'll follow you too. And then unfollowed. Yeah. I think she wow. found out I was a comedian on my Instagram, and she's like, "Oh God, I don't want to get involved in this." Yeah, yeah, true yeah exactly. Oh, comedians, are, yeah. Yeah, comedians are messed up. Comedians, comedians are messed up. That's for sure. Mayo, you actually did a little stand up before you were telling me, right? Yeah, I was doing stand up a couple of years ago. I did it for about a year, and then I just realized, hey, this is fun. And I think I could do it. And I, I, you know, I have a lot of friends who are stand-up comedians who were telling me to do it. But then I realized, well, what do you want to do? I mean, do you really want to go on the road? Do yeah. you really want to do stand-up? I mean, this is something that you have to take seriously and do for years and years and years and years. And I, I, I don't think I was, you know, I didn't want to put the that much effort into it. Yeah, but so, you, but you, but you have the same joy of singing because you're also in a band yeah, too. Got a band. Yeah. Yeah, I got a band called Sunspin. You can go to sunspin.com and uh, get our CD. We have a new CD we're about to, we're almost finished with. And, uh, you know, a long time ago, uh, well, not that long ago, but I realized recently in the last few years that just because you're not as good as someone else or just because, you know, you're, it's usually you're intimidated. I'm, I'm scared that, hey, I'm not as good of a singer as Adam Lambert. Well, of course you aren't. I'm not a good musician as so-and-so. And then I realized, well, what does that matter? Do you love music? Yeah. Then make music. I love music, so make music. And that's what I'm doing now. I love it. I love uh, just – I'm trying these – now that I'm almost 50, I want to start doing things that I love and doing it because I want to do it, not because I think other people want me to do it or, you know, it makes them happy. Yeah. You got to make yourself happy. Sweet. 
Yeah, I I 100% agree with it that because like I do, I think when I started stand up, I did it as a vehicle, obviously, to get into movies and stuff. But the longer I did stand up, the more I fell in love with it, and then the less interest I had in doing movies. Yeah, you know, I think I'm very uh, weird like that because like I, I was brought up by Norm, so like I did literally everything <laughs> what that he did. You know what I mean? And he hated television. Good mentor. Right. Yeah. So. And then uh, I wanted to ask you this because it, uh, it's his birthday today, but uh, you were a good friend of Saget's. How, did, uh, you, how yeah. did you become friends with him? You know, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was super close with him. It's one of those things where I hung out with him a few times, went to a concert together years ago. And every time we see each other, we have mutual friends, Jonathan Silverman, and always a big hug to Bob. And we just got along great. He was always so sweet to me. I said, Hey, you want to come on the podcast? He's like, Absolutely. You want to come on mine? went on his podcast and uh, just a really lovable, sweet guy. And I didn't know him extremely well, but anybody who meets Bob instantly loves him. Yeah. And it was tragic. It was tragic. He died way too right. young and uh, he just made a lot of people happy, you know, right. and it was, it's sad. Yeah. We lost a lot of, we lose people all the time. And it's just like, it's just what happens. This is life, man. It's, it's so cliche, but it, you know, we're here for a short time short. and some of your friends are here for a shorter time. That's and true. You, you do the best you can and, and make the most of each day and, you know, try to try to reach out to people that you like being around, try to reach out to people that you love, try to, you know, because you, you don't know when you're going to talk to them again or if you're going to talk to them again, it's a, it's a crazy thing, but it's yeah. unpredictable. So, you know, it's tough. Well, Saga was such a sweet guy because, uh, like, on the on the food celebrity pool, like, let's be honest, I'm a D list. You know what I mean? Like, I'm on the very bottom. Saget's on like the B or A list. You know what I mean? And when Norm died, Saget called me once a week just to see how I was doing. You know what I mean? So for him to take time out of his busy schedule, it was just amazing. Like, wow, he did that, huh? Yeah. What a sweet guy. Yeah. Sweet guy. So I can't really hear Alan very well. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear that? I'm saying that was very nice. I agree. Oh, there. Now I can hear you. Now I can hear you, Al. You know what? I'm just in in somewhere over the rainbow. (laughs) Oh, pardon me. uh, If I sing, he just said you you put your heart out. Yeah. I'm hurt. Do what you love, Alan. Do what you love, brother. That's all I can tell you. Okay, so Michael, you were, you were telling me before Alan came in uh, on bringing down the house, you were wearing a wig on that too. Yeah, yeah. Because oh. I, I was doing Smallville and uh, they wanted me to do this movie. And so they, uh, I, in fact, Sorority Boys, this movie that I did that I love, that kind of, kind of became a sort of a cult hit. I wore a bad wig in that. The director wanted me to have hair like him. Yeah. Like his hair. Wow. And it was terrible. His hair was terrible. So they gave me a terrible wig. I wore that in sorority boys. And then Disney liked me in the movie. So they cast me and bringing down the house. And I had to wear another fucking bad wig. And, uh, I just, like, you know, finally, I was like, I'm not doing any more movies till Smallville's over. I just really was like, I, I hate how I look. I'm just like, I'm going to wait till this is over and grow my hair out. And, you know, that's what I'll do. Looks yeah. good now, bro. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Well, it's I didn't comb it today. <laughs> thank, thank God this is just audio. Yeah. yeah, we just released the audio. Uh, yeah. Um, so, Steve Martin, I'm sure you get it. Like, I, I try not to ask the same question. So, 
Like, it, you know, but it's hard because, you know, I thought we were doing this a couple weeks from now. You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. So if I ask the same questions and you don't want to answer, just hit the pass button. I totally understand. You got but it. Steve Martin. I heard uh, he's the nicest guy. And I heard, like, uh, he doesn't sign autographs. He gives cards. Did you ever get a Steve Martin card? Uh, no. You know, what's funny is when I was working with him, uh, he always used to come in every day and go, tell me about this Smallville. <laughs> and with that Steve Martin voice. And we talk about Smallville and we talk about other things. And the last day I brought in my jerk poster. And uh-huh. I said, Did you sign this? And I was expecting him to say, No, but I'll give you this card that says, You met Steve Martin. <laughs> and uh, but he didn't. He signed my jerk poster. But that was the story that you know you'd bump into him on the street or whatever, and you'd say, Can I have your autograph? He goes, No, but you could have this card, and the card said, You met Steve Martin. <laughs> And I thought that was really funny, but he didn't do that to me. So I thought that was something that he did probably for a little while because he thought it was funny and it was. Yeah. I always thought like, uh, like uh, it would be cool to get a Steve Martin card versus an autograph. Cause you could always get an autograph, like still at pinks or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like a card that's like, a... that's special. That's <laughs> in other words, here's something that you got rejected by. You got rejected by Steve Martin. Here's a card, and you have a card to prove it. I, I like that. Yeah, I think I'd rather have a card, too. I'd have to agree. Yeah. And then uh, Seniority Boys, which is one of the funniest movies of all time, I, I had two questions on that. One, I was wondering how much blocking went into that dildo oh. fight scene. Blocking? You know, they, they cut a lot of stuff out of the dildo scene in the Seniority Boys. We were on wires flying around fighting like uh, – uh, crouching tiger, hidden dragon shit. Yeah. Yeah. We were doing all that stuff with dildos and they cut a lot of it. So, uh, but it was a blast. Barry Watson and I had fun doing it. We beat the hell out of each other with dildos. We loved it. Um, it was my idea to make, make it where I'm, I'm trying to stick the dildo in his mouth. And he's like, oh, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, so we, we had a lot of fun, but the studio ultimately cut it, just went on too long. And, <laughs> you know, I, I'd like to see how that would have ended up on the cutting room floor. I would have liked to have seen that stuff, but you now, oh well, what are you going to do? Yeah. And then the second is, is like, if you if you could, would you make a sequel to that? Yes, we talked about it a couple of years back, and uh, we got the producer Jason Reed, Harlan Williams, Barry Watson, myself, and Greg Coolidge. who wrote the first one, and uh, you know, I had this idea that what if. What if my character's daughter goes to college and I don't trust guys? And so we dress up in drag and move into the, into, you know, into a house in the, at the university and we just follow her around and look at all the stuff and like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, comedy ensues. So uh, it, did, it did happen. Uh, we were hoping it would. We thought we could make it low budget, but, you know, no one ever pulled the trigger on it. So, uh, but I love that movie. I think the reason I w- was considering doing a sequel was because, I just never had had that much fun in my life on a, on, a, on a movie set. It was absolutely the most fun you could ever think of having. We were in drag every day. We were laughing all day. We would, uh, tons of pranks. I remember, you know, we're uh, at lunch and we're walking down the Disney um, in between buildings. And from afar, you see these, these workers, these, these uh, crew guys. Yeah. And they're staring at us and looking at us because they think we're hot. And then they get close and they were like, hey, how are you? And they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> they just felt like such assholes. And, uh, 
you know, uh, we just had so much fun. I love Harlan. He became one of my best friends in the world. We've traveled a lot together. Yeah, I love Harlan. We had him on Razor Riffs, man. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, it's a funny story because, like, we asked him, like, six or seven times. And, like, because we used to go to the improv, you know, just to get guests when we were first starting. And Harlan would always say, no, I don't do podcasts, right? And then on the sixth time, he's like, all right, I'll do it if you quit asking me. So I was like, all right. So we did it. <laughs> so, I'll, so I'll we you stop asking me, buddy. Yeah. So, so <laughs> we did it. And then after the interview, I swear to God, he turns to me and he's like, you know, I wish I would have said yes the first time. And I thought that that was very sweet. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a sweet guy. He's got a heart of gold and, uh, you know, he's, he's adventurous and he got me out of my uh, comfort zone. He, said let's go to burning man i go nah i'm not a burner i'm not i'm yeah. not that guy i'm not like hippie-ish i'm not like you know i don't I, I don't think i'd fit in and he kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and i went and i had the time of my life he also yeah. said, let's go on a trip to uh, uh, a cruise down the amazon in <laughs> and i was like no and he got me to do it we went so did he a, make you wrap around with a snake i'm surprised he didn't because <laughs> oh. he, he was telling us that that's what he does when he goes to the amazon he likes to get it like what what do you call it like a snake bath or something i don't know yeah i don't know but he's he's a, he's a nut job but he's he's daring and he's uh he gets me out of my comfort zone he's an adventurous guy and then uh i, I watched this movie the other day which i think showed a totally different side of your acting skills which i thought was phenomenal it was called the neighbor Oh wow! You saw that it was yeah. just little independent. Yeah, wow. It was like a couple of years old, yeah, years ago. And um, it was one of these things. My friend Aaron Harvey was just like, "Hey, you want to do this movie? It's no money." I'm like, "Yeah, I like the part. It's kind of a cool little movie." And I love Bill Fickner, who's the lead in it. You've seen him in everything: The Blind Guy in Contact. He's been in a lot of Jerry Bruckheimer films. Mm -hmm. yeah. he's, uh, he's in Prison Break. He's been in everything. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, it's one of those movies you drive yourself to to set out an hour away and you make no money and you just work hard and you, you have a little fun and we made a cool little movie. And, uh, so I'm glad you saw that. That was a, it was a definitely a, a darker role for me. Yeah. And then, uh, so I thought that that was cool. And then like the, one of the perks of that movie is your wife is Sonya blade from mortal Kombat. Is that true? Yeah. Jessica you know that? Me? Yeah. She's I didn't Sonya. know that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so like what I'm saying is you could call her and say, hey, I want to be Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat 2, right? I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure she can make that decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get right on that. <laughs> I'm just like jumping the gun here. Alan, you got any questions for Michael? Well, I have this standard one uh, with the whole acting process and the mystery of acting. Uh, it always amazes me that these days you have to look at a picture of a superhero and it's just a you know a two-dimensional picture we have all read comic books and from that uh a starting point can be uh somewhere in your imagination how do you relate to a picture of a character uh what's the first starting point well uh, you know if, if you're talking about like for instance like lex luther you know, and you, you know, I didn't read comics. I just, yeah. I watched horror movies. 
So I'm really not the guy to ask that question to because I didn't know anything about it other than this was the character. I love Gene Hackman in the movies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I can't emulate him. I can't copy him. He yeah. was too kind of flamboyant and, and a little ridiculous. And I'm doing a TV show. So I, he's my favorite Lex Luthor. But I couldn't do that. And it couldn't, uh, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't last. You know, seven years of doing that character, you have to have an arc. And so for me, I just, uh, I, I really took things slow. I played the character as real as I could play him, learn my lines, hit my mark, um, and did the best I could. But, you know, I never, um, I've never read a comic book. I don't think ever, maybe one in my life. Were you a big comic book guy? Yes. Yes. In fact, I even, I even collect, uh, I even collect figures. I could, you can see over in the corner of this place. Well, it, you know what? Is that's not what I wanted you to see my my mix. <laughs> <laughs> the tour of Alan Lee. Very strange. Tour of Alan Lee. Very strange, Michael. Very strange here. But I yes, but it, a, an amazing feat because you're you're being you know straight up about that and, and you didn't read comic books. Great, and you know maybe that's that's the key. That's one of the keys. You know, I think that I didn't know too much about it, that I didn't put everything yeah. I had, like, weighing so much heavily on me. Like, yeah. I have to be great. I have to do this. I didn't know anything. All I knew is I'm going to do it my way, and hopefully people will like it. By yeah. the way, I have a lot of dolls. Working out that house. way. Yeah, I have a lot of dolls around my house. I have Han Solo I'm looking at. Yay! Uh, Jack Nicholson's the Joker. I have Gene Hackman, uh, Gene Hackman doll, Hammerhead from Star Wars. The whole Justice League characters. I've got tons of Funko Pops. Wow. Uh, hey, I'm, look, I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd, Alan. Check this out. <laughs> I right behind you. Dennis Miller. You have Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller. He has, has a Dennis, Dennis Miller action figure. And he, the battery's out. He actually. Yeah, buddy. Oh, the battery's out. Yourself a t- uh, number two Ticonderoga pencil there, bud. There you go. <laughs> My buddy does a my buddy does a great impression of him. I, I can't do one, but he he used to do Dennis Miller constantly, and it made me laugh oh. hard. Uh. Old Dennis Miller. Uh, so you also have a podcast, which I was saying. Uh, I think I was just telling you yeah. privately. I think like it's the best podcast. Like mine's number two. You're number one. You know what I mean. It's classy. You, you you like the podcast? I love it, dude. I, I you have. What two hundred episodes? I think I've listened to seventy. You are an you are a machine, Keith. Yeah, and machine. Thank you. I, you know, it started out. I'll be honest with you. It started out as people just, you know, my producer was like, or he's like, you should do a podcast. I'm like, why? He goes, you can make money, and you have a good voice. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I realized I'm not making much money, and nobody's listening. Right. So then I started to just be more vulnerable sort of uh share my feelings share my thoughts yeah. talk to people candidly and open and i think i got them i talked about my dysfunction they would open up about theirs and ultimately it became something you know almost like a, you know talking about mental health with people and with actors and mm-hmm. they open up and you know Stephen amell who played arrow he had an anxiety attack on the podcast and it just became wow. something really cool that people gravitated towards. And it's, uh, you know, it's slowly, slowly, slowly becoming more successful, but it's, believe me, it's taking a, a lot of time yeah. to, to get that uh, built in audience, you know, to get people to really stay, stay there because 
a lot of times people will come for the the guest and then they leave. And that was the one thing I really like about yours is like before every episode, or at least 90% of that I've listened to, you say, listen, if you're a fan of Oliver Hudson or Macaulay Culkin, thank you for listening and hopefully you stay. I thought that that was brilliant because like that's something I should have done when I first started. Very nice. Yeah, Yeah, I think, you know, you just got to, I say that to people. I'm like, hey, listen, if you're here for this guy, great. I appreciate it. Thank you. If it's all you listen to and that's it, fine. But I hope if you like it enough that you'll say, hey, I want to hear this guy talk to some other people and get to know them and learn more and then see people open up. And so you hope that people do that and you get some people that stick around and some people don't. You know, sometimes I'll have a guy like Jensen Ackles from Supernatural who will get half a million downloads. And I'm like, oh, my God, if, if, if half of these people stayed, that would be unbelievable. And then they, you know, they don't. They're, yeah. they're off to the next thing that Jensen Ackles doing. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's very difficult to maintain an audience. And it's taken time to do that. And, um, you know, I have a Patreon account that um, my patrons who join Patreon and support the podcast, they really keep the podcast afloat in many ways. I mean, they give back to the podcast. People like to give to it. They want to keep it going. It means a lot to them. And so it's, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty nice. incredible. I was thinking about doing that, but like when I started Raise the Riffs, uh, I was writing on Norm's podcast mm-hmm. and I kind of just did it where like, it was like Norm wanted the episodes not about making money, but just be good and funny and interesting. Yeah. So like, that's what I, I, I focus more on. Like I, I could on like, honestly, it would be great if I had a million subscribers or whatever. But I, I really don't care. I just want to care about making the guests have fun. And, you know, because yeah. it makes me a better artist. You know, yeah, what I mean? exactly. You want to have a good, meaningful conversation and get to know someone and see behind the curtain, if possible, a little bit, you know, and, and just have an open, candid, nice conversation. Not, you know, we see enough bullshit on the late night shows where they're like, yeah. hey, so you got a movie coming out. <laughs> yeah. Guys, you know, it's like fucking laugh shack. You know, it's like. You know, they just want to get anything they can in five minutes. And that's fine. That's what they have to do. But I didn't want to do that. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think 45 minutes is perfect. Like like yours and mine, we're in the same timeline because it's enough to get to know somebody and, to, you know, you obviously fall in love with them and you stay falling in love. With them. Absolutely. I, th- I think that's the key. I think it's just like, you know, I don't want to be stick around too long. I don't want to wear out my welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want the, the guests to have a nice time and just, to, you know, get to know me a little bit and then they're out. And they're like, that's it? I'm like, yeah, that's good, man. I, I don't like to do more than that. I get too tired. I get too, I just, I, I lose interest after a while. I mean, some feel cla- claustrophobic sometimes. I, I do get a little claustrophobic. I get, you know, I have anxiety. I deal with anxiety. I talk about that in the podcast and uh, I deal with depression and stuff. And, you know, but like, um, it's, you know, I always want to be great. I always, that's my problem in life is I always want to be great at everything. And, and you can't be great at everything. And sometimes it's okay to just be good enough. At yeah. And so, you know, when I interview people, like I was interviewing Judd Apatow, he was on my podcast last week and he was fantastic. And, you know, I, I remember taking some deep breaths and sort of like meditated for a little bit before and just said, Hey, this is just a guy. I know you like his movies. Just go in there and have fun yeah when i had that mindset i went in and i had a good time i had a good time talking to him i felt like a kid in a candy store and we hit it off uh awesomely yeah i mean i've never really 
I've never really had that problem of like I don't get starstruck too easily. So like when I meet celebrities, I don't, I don't yeah. get really starstruck as much as I, I just get anxiety of wanting to be great at something. Right. Wanting to be great in the interview. Wanting to ask questions that he doesn't hear all the time. Yeah. You know, because you want them to say, "Hey, look, I committed my time for you. I, you know, I want you to enjoy it." Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but the more I have fun, the more I listen, which is a very tough thing for me in my life. I've learned that once I put those headphones on, it forces me to really focus. So yeah. I wear headphones and I, I always ask my guests to, they don't have to, but it just forces me to just focus in on just hearing their voice. And that's all there is. Right. Yeah. And it, you know, I'm hyper-focused and um, it's the most focused I've ever been is, is interviewing people. And maybe that's why, you know, people like it or. You yeah. Know, you're brilliant at it. Like uh, I think. I think just by your interviewing skills, you could have your own late night show because that's how good and lovely you are to the guests. You know what I mean? Oh, like, man, thank you so much. That's really sweet of you. I mean, I never thought of that. I mean, look, I never thought of doing a podcast, so I'm always up for whatever. But um, you know, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of podcasts out there, and I always I'm always grateful that people if they take the time to listen to mine for the week and you know, for the week that's their, one of their podcasts that they they listen to, but. Um, you know, whatever happens, happens. If I do it forever, great. If I do it for another year, great. Um, it's hard because I also get my own guests. Like yeah. I'm calling everybody to get, and it's really, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to track people down and say, hey, you said you'd do this. Hey, you know how that goes. Oh, it's dude. I, oh, sure. I get, oh my God. When I get like five no's in a row, in a row, I'm like, okay, let's take a break for a few months because like I, I can't. I understand not everybody can say yes, but I also know like in my heart, they would enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So that's exactly right. I am enjoying it. This is fun. This is yeah. nice. It's like an open, just a, a candid conversation, man. That's what it's all about. It's like connecting. And, um, but yeah, but no, it's also I, easier because you and I are friends. So yeah. like, you know, it might be a little like when I interview people who I've never met, and then after the podcast, we become friends. But like when I interview friends, then do, you know, it's like it's a little easier, fast paced combo. Yeah, it's easier. Sure. I mean, when I don't know someone like I, one guest I had on was really odd in a good way. I really loved him as a guest, but we didn't know each other at all. And it was it was a challenge for me. And it was Crispin Glover. Oh, my God. We love Chris. Wow. We, we actually talked about that. I thought that was a great one. Yeah, he was really amazing. And, uh, you know, he he opened up and as much as he could. And but I, uh, you know, when I don't know a guest, it's uh, I think it's 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 more difficult. You can't be as comfortable. You have to kind of be, uh, you know, on kind of just be prepared to go in different directions. And not everybody talks a lot. Yeah. You know, some yeah, guests, right. You know, you ask him a question right Alan, And all of a sudden they're like going, yeah. And you're like, oh, shit, that's that's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> What am I going to do with it? Yeah, I got 50 minutes. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> now, when, when you interview people, do you, because do you, like I try and stay away from, I might hit some subjects people have heard again because, you know, I feel like no interview can go through that, but I try and work my way through that. Do you, when you do your research, do you try and do that too? But like, always, when, listen, I, what I do is 
I, you know, I'm telling you my small my secrets now. Dude. I know. <laughs> go online and I kind of like look, do some research, and it's like, okay, everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. And it's just sort of a template. Right. Like, okay, I know where this guy's from. I know where this guy went. Sure. I know what he did. I know this, sure. and I know a few things. And you can always jump. It's almost like taking the subway in New York. You yeah. know that the uh, the F train stops at you know whatever I don't know thirty you know thirty thirty second street or whatever. So if I'm not get, getting anywhere, I know okay, let's go to this this point right here. Uh, yeah. So you went to college at so and so, right? Um, but in between, it's more <laughs> in between all that shit is the, sort of going off the on a tangent. Like if you say, hey, uh, you know, was your mom really supportive? Yeah, was your dad? Well, my dad wasn't really around. Boom, trigger point. I'm like, well, what, what about your dad? Where was your dad? Yeah. He's like, well, my dad was, you know, wasn't around. He left us when I was six. Oh my God, that had to be really difficult. You yeah. know, I had my dad and it was difficult, <laughs> you know. And then you get, you just sort of, uh, I, I inadvertently maybe show a vulnerability and like, a, I'm just, I, I try to be just a regular dude. And when they see that, they feel like they can open up a little more. And I think that's what happens. Yeah, I, I think that's the key too. That's why I think yours is so great. Oh, thanks, but cheers to you. Cheers yeah. to you. Inside well, of you is Michael Rosenbaum, guys. You can get it anywhere. Please subscribe. <laughs> and if you like an episode, uh, stick around. Exactly. Is that a coconut Red Bull? It's a coconut Red Bull. No, oh it's not, God, no, it. no, it's not a coconut. It's not coconut. Oh it's, wow! It's the yellow edition. Uh, I don't know what it's called. It's the yellow edition. Ah. Uh. Well, well, I, I, was say. I haven't had a Red Bull in a while, but I was like, you know, I need a Red Bull. It'll pick me up. I need to give Keith some energy. <laughs> I'm going to kick in. Uh, I'm going to go play tennis after this. I'm very excited to go play Ooh. some tennis. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. Oh, you want to see something cool, Alan? Yes, please. This is a Funko Pop. <laughs> yeah. Mike, yeah. Michael Myers in the house. Oh, Whoa. sweet. Sweet. I like that. Nice. That that's cool. Very nice. I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. Oh, you weren't kidding around. Do you have a bobblehead of yourself? I do. I have a Lex Luthor one, a Flash one. Somebody made me a Guardians of the Galaxy one, and they made me a Sorority Boys one, and a show that I did called Impastor. So they, wow. made me, they made me those, and they're pretty cool. I'm going to make you a neighbor one. Oh. <laughs> oh, bloody. Excuse me, on the floor and bloody. Yeah, <laughs> with a golf with a golf thing, <laughs> <laughs> with a golf club. That's right. Uh, so I uh, I wanted to ask you about back in the day because that was your the movie that you wrote and you directed and you also starred in. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to ask you like how like how is that process in writing something and then directing your own your own work so you could pull pull it how you wanted to do and then acting in it well it's funny because backstory on that is i was about to go direct a movie called sorry is for sissies oh, yeah. and about a guy who must he's forced to go apologize to everybody he picked on in high school and right. it's a really cool movie and we were in prep and uh two weeks into prep i had the whole cast a wonderful cast at the time i had swartzen and john heater Colin Hanks, Seth Green. Uh, wow. I said Swartz and I, um, who else was in there? Jennifer Love Hewitt. I had a ton of people and uh, I was going to be in that as well. 
and the funding they lost funding they lost the oh they lost half of it and we were screwed and i was sitting there almost in tears like i don't know what to do and my director of photography said do you have like a little movie or something like in your hometown we can go shoot and i had this old script that it wasn't a very good script and i gave it a little polish and i sent it to this producer that i know and she goes hey let's make this and within six months i was turning around and doing a different movie wow or within a couple of months so um but it was a it was one of those things where i just wanted to direct something i right. wanted to just go and do it and uh we had no money we shot in the middle of indiana with no tax break i flew out all these actors and it was just it was the hardest thing i've ever had to do because like you said i'm, I'm i wrote it i directed it produced it uh you know and acted in it and it was very very difficult and uh but I had a great time and I got to work with some great people. And I always felt like if I could do this, I could do anything. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it was. It was just like, I wore so many hats. We had 17 days to shoot a hundred pages, uh, figure it out. I mean, that's, it's just an enormous uh, undertaking. And it was just, you know, I, I didn't think I could make it through. I thought at one point in the, like the last week left, I thought I was going to die. I was so tired. Right. I was like, I was like this Keith. I honestly, I was, I was like, I should probably go. Should. You got to get more of those Red Bulls. I, uh, I remember I was in the back seat. My friend Tom and Deneen were my assistants, and I hired them and paid them, and they just came and hung out with me pretty much. And they're driving me to work at 6 a.m., and I'm in the back seat, and Deneen's like, it's a beautiful day! And I remember going... <laughs> I remember saying this, and it was almost inaudible. I said... I should probably go to the hospital. She goes, <laughs> you're funny. And if I would have said, no, I need to go to the hospital, which I was thinking right. to get like, like fluids or something. She would, if she would have turned around and looked at me. She'd be like, Oh my God, are you okay? I was not okay. Everybody thought they're like, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm delirious. I'm, I'm like so tired that, I would rehearse something and then crash wherever I could just walk out of the room and crash. And then right. I can't need to be in makeup. I'm like, I don't need makeup for this scene. I'm so fucking tired. I don't give a shit. I'll look like shit. I don't care. Uh, but the movie turned out fun. It was exactly what I wanted to make a raunchy kind of Adam Sandler esque film. And people really love the movie. It's called back in the day. If you want to have a little throwback raunchy comedy, smoke a joint, watch this movie. I think you're going to really like it. Are you are you uh, trying to write something like that again to, to do another one? Well, I've not necessarily a, the same story, but like a movie. Well, I've written a couple of series that were trying to get made, TV shows, and I wrote. Uh, I'm a big horror movie fan, as I told you, and I'm trying to make. I made. I, I wrote two horror movies with my writing partner, and we're trying to sell them. And one of them we're trying to get made with the same producer uh, that made my movie back in the day. So, um, so if anybody has any money out there, uh, oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, we don't need much, but we're uh, we want to make this movie. It's called Deep in the Woods, and there's another movie called uh, Subsidence, and we're trying to make both those movies. And we're getting a lot. Even people that have passed on the movie want to meet with us because they really love the script. It's just not for them, and so big companies are are meeting with us. And um, you know, it's it's a process. It's just very difficult to get a movie made. Everybody's doing Marvel movies, or they have this built-in system where they. They have their directors, they have their projects, and it's so hard to get a spec 
you know, a script sold or whatever. So you got to, you really, the truth is you got to do it yourself, folks. Yeah. You got to do everything yourself. If you want to make a movie, you go make a movie. Don't rely on anyone else. Mm-hmm. Anyone go do it. That's it. I mean, you could even do it on your iPhone. You can do it on iPhone. We got, we got cinema mode now. Look at this. Yeah. Yeah. That's cinema right. mode. I'm going to video. I'm going to tape you in cinema mode. Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> there it is. There it is. We're cinema mode. Nice. Yeah. Uh, my hey, my screenwriting right. teacher said that romantic comedies and horror films are the easiest to, or because they're, they're the easiest to make because they're the cheapest to make. Yeah. Um, I mean, people make movies movies for twenty thousand dollars, sixty thousand dollars. Most of them are shit. Let's be honest. Yeah. Most people that, but good for them that they make the movies. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, just do what you love. Make a movie. Who cares? Uh, you know, you have the you have the ability to do that, like with the iPhones, and you can get. There's always somebody that's going to want to work with you. Always yeah. someone who wants to make a movie. There's a lot of those people out there who are just trying to do everything they can to make a movie. So, uh, you know, it's anything's possible. You know, I made a movie. I, I, can't, I still can't believe it. I'd like to make another. But um, it's uh, it's possible, man. Everything's possible. I got two more uh, questions and I want to respect your time. One of them is actually a fast answer. Sure. Uh, so you were talking about Marvel's uh, movies. You're in Galaxy of the Guardians, too. And they kind of made it seem like you could come back for the third one. Can you talk about that? Or is that? Uh, I'm not allowed to talk about anything. I was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And uh, I'm good friends with James Gunn, who's the director. And he's a sweetheart. And um, I can't really say anything. All I can tell you is it would be really cool to be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And if I am, then hallelujah. <laughs> but uh, I can't tell you if I am in it or I'm not in it. I just have All to right. I have to plead the fifth, unfortunately. All right. No and problem. Then, and then my last question is, when you go on tour with your band, uh, how long does it uh, take you to write a song and to get it published to you want to sing it? Well, you know, I kind of was the guy who they just, they sort of inadvertently, it led to me where I started, I wrote all the songs. Right. The first album I was in a band called Left and Laurel and I wrote all the songs and we had 10 songs on the album and no one else wanted to write any songs. And then I left the band and started another band called Sunspin with my friend Rob Danson. And Rob's really cool. He's just like, hey, man, keep writing your songs, man. You know how to write songs. Just keep. So I wrote 10 more songs for the next album. And then we have a new album. And I just wrote 14 new songs. And uh, the process is just sort of like, you know, whatever comes out of me. I mean, sometimes we'll just improvise a song. We'll just start riffing and playing guitar and uh things will come out and a lot of times that stuff stays in the song so it's just about um i just i love music i love being the band i love uh playing uh, for people um we're trying to get placement we got placement in our last two albums we got some songs put in tv shows and uh we're hoping that this one um this one's even better i mean can you hold hold on hold on can you hear this yeah. Oh, hold on. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Friday night, you lost your self control. 
that's kind of like a killer's feel yeah. to it. Yeah. Anyway, it starts rocking. It gets really heavy and stuff. And uh, but you know, I just love music. I love '80s. I love the '70s. I love the '90s. So our band's kind of a mixture of all that. We kind of like playing a little stuff, stuff that sounds a little '70s, some stuff that sounds '80s and '90s. And um, you know, uh, that's that's sort of what I gravitate towards. And then uh, I want to respect your time. So uh, where can the folks at home follow and support you? Well, I'm on the Instagram, folks. Uh, the Michael Rosenbaum. I'm on Twitter at the... Uh, they couldn't fit my fucking name on there, Alan. So it's just... At, it's Michael Rosenbaum. On there. Wow. And uh, the podcast is inside you with Michael Rosenbaum. It's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's everywhere you get your podcast. Please have a listen. Give it a shot. Yeah. If you don't like it, I get it. Um, I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash inside of you. I'm on the Cameo. We do stage it's every month. If you go to yeah. sunspin.com, you can find out where we're playing music and all that shit. So, Fantastic. hey, if you wanna, yeah, I appreciate anybody who wants to you know, take, a, take a shot. Yeah. Take a shot, roll the dice, hang out with me for an hour on my podcast. And, uh, nice. Yeah, so... Uh, Dude, this is great, man. This was so easy and fun. I like that you just, you kind of just hang out. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, like I said, we did it at a studio and then COVID happened. So it's easier to get guests on Zoom, but uh, sometimes I don't pay my internet bill. <laughs> but you get some good guests. Yeah, but not as good as you, man. Yeah, uh, you get some great guests though, man. Good for you. I might have to call you and snag some guests. Go ahead. You're, my number, you got my number, man. You, you, oh, <laughs> that was my last question. Who's one person you wish you could interview that you haven't? Uh, Keanu Reeves, Gary Oldman, Harrison Ford, uh, Mark Hamill. Um, Mark Hamill. Yeah. Daisy Ridley. Ooh. Ooh. All right. I love Daisy Ridley. All right. I'll yeah. get you Mark Hamill if you could get me John Cusack. Cusack and I did a movie with Cusack and I I probably can't get a hold of him. He's a very private guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's a private weirdo. I think. <laughs> but I'm sure he's nice. I met him a couple of times. He was nice to me. So, yeah. but, you know, he's he's definitely kind of uh, in his own world, which is yeah. thing, good for you, Michael. I love you very much. Thank you for rifting with us, man. Love you too. Thanks for having me, Keith. Alan, you're a joy. I love your glasses. Thank you, sir. Thank you. He loves that you were late. <laughs> <laughs> you were fucking late, Alan. <laughs> but just let me know when this airs. Uh, a couple yeah, weeks, yeah, I'll tag you. So. All right. I Thank love you, it. Michael. Thanks, guys. Rosenbaum. Yes. Yeah, Alan Lee. All right, guys. That was the interview yeah. with Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. Oh, man, that was fucking awesome, dude. We had a great time. We had a great time. I feel like, you know what? I rushed here and I was a little tired. I had no, uh, no bull. I mean, no Red Bull. No, they have a gold Red Bull like hey, you did. Like at, at 2 p.m. And I'm all charged up like I had a Red Bull. Yeah. All right. You know, every time I'm dragging my feet, you know, and you help me out and I come and I make it even at the last minute, you're, you know, you're my bud. And I tell you, uh, I, I feel like I'm on a high now. Well, stay in the Zoom because we have to do opening remarks because you were late. All right, guys. Subscribe, rate, review. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. You're listening to Razor Rips. 
with Keith Razor and Alan Lee, right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash Keith Reza. And on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith Reza. If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it. And we'll rift with you again soon.